How's it going today, guys? Back here live in the studio for an episode of Hot Takes with TP3. I'm your host, Thomas Penland, joined once again by Ben Gorwitz on Thursday, September 2nd. Ben, you already know what day it is. It's picks time. Oh, yeah. Been waiting a long, long time to do this podcast. We haven't done one probably since the Super Bowl, so feels good to be back. We're back home. I mean, it's, this is the best podcast every single week. This is what I look forward to all week, every single week. We're going to give you all, we got about eight games on the slate, plus about one or two best bets at the end of the podcast. We're going to run through the slate of the best games for y'all and give y'all some picks. So get ready for Picks Palooza. We're all college football this week. Obviously, next week it'll be 50-50 college and NFL, but it's a good thing because there's a ton of college football games. Ben, let's get things kicked off on Friday night. That is North Carolina travels all the way up to Blacksburg, Virginia, to take on Virginia Tech Hokies in a hostile environment. Virginia Tech is six-point home dogs. The total set at 64. Anything for you on this game? I don't have a bet on this game, but just kind of breaking it down, the line's actually been moving a little bit. Um, I saw it, I think, seven – seven and a half to start then it went to six and a half not six it, it's kind of been moving just just ever so slightly but I mean listen Sam Howell leading the high-powered Tar Heel offense in the hostile environment it, it, it's one of the hardest places to play from what I've heard it's it's just so loud enter Sandman is mm. one of the coolest entrances that any college football team has um, I really just think there's a talent mismatch and I think if UNC starts this game off playing really well in the first quarter, you know, not like the first couple of drives, but the first quarter, I think if they're up, you know, two scores at that point, which I really think they can be, the crowd gets out of the game. Um, the, you know, the biggest thing to watch for UNC, this is going to be all year. It's you got to watch for the big playability, throwing the ball downfield. Top three, four. Just top of my head and best quarterbacks that throw the deep ball. Um, I know that they have some new receivers, new running backs, but they have a lot of talented receivers. And that yep. ground, he is recruiting like crazy. I don't know what he's doing telling these kids, but he's recruiting like crazy. Um, their defense should be should be even better, should be much improved. Um, I, I think the Tar Heels win this one. Um, I'm leaning – I would lean for them to cover the spread, to be honest with you, but I don't have a bet on So – Right now, I have no bet on this. Check my Twitter tomorrow at TP3Bets and my Instagram at TP3Bets. I'll have something out for the games tomorrow. I want to take UNC here. As Ben said earlier, there's tons of – it's basically like 80% of the public's on UNC. All the pros are backing Virginia Tech. Look, pro money's not always right, and I don't think it's right here. In my opinion, Virginia Tech sucks. I think that Justin Fuente has done a horrible job ever since he's come to this program. Ben hit the nail on the head. The crowd gets hyped up. This is a terrible place to play a road game, especially first game of the season. But at the same time, this is not the Frank Beamer. And uh, who was the legendary defensive coordinator they had there? I can't think of his name either. But Bud Foster. I'll think of Bud Foster, yep. yeah. Yeah, it's not the Frank Beamer, Bud Foster, Virginia Tech. This Virginia Tech team sucks. Trust me. They got they lost to a lot of terrible ACC teams last year. All I've heard is negative things. I've heard that B, that uh, Fuente might be on the hot seat. I have not heard good reports about this team. They lose Hinden Hooker, who transfers to Tennessee. They also lose uh, Khalil Herbert to the NFL, who was their stud running back, probably the only bright spot this team had last year. 
look, I've seen these other two quarterbacks play for Virginia Tech. They both suck, in my opinion. UNC should absolutely blow the doors off them. I am a little hesitant because of how much, because of the home field advantage and everything. It's the first time fans being home because of COVID and whatnot. Makes me a little bit scared. But look, UNC might have lost some guys on offense. This defense is absolutely stacked. And Josh Downs, sophomore wide receiver, is just as good as any of those guys who went to the NFL. He might be the next, the first wide receiver off the board next year. Ben hit that nail on the head with Sam Howell. I, Honestly, I think UNC boat races them here. We'll see if I'm confident enough to put some money on it. So I, I, that's the only way I see this game, honestly, is UNC just winning in an absolute blowout and embarrassing them in Blacksburg. So we'll they got to start we- on hot because if, if you feel mm-hmm. like an early turnover, the crowds into the game just makes it that much harder. Even if you don't play against a quality team, that's up to your talent level. Playing on the road in a hostile environment can get to you. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I think the way to play this game is either lay the points with the Tar Heels or Virginia Tech money line. I don't even think you take the points if you like the Hokies. Um, next game up here on the slate is we're going to go to Penn State Nittany Lions, travel on the road to Madison to play the Wisconsin Badgers. Um, Wisconsin is minus five and a half is the home favorite over under set at 50. Ben, anything from you on this one? So this is a really intriguing matchup, and I want to give props to the Big Ten for for placing a game like this to start the year because it's not easy to do this. Playing a really tough opponent at Wisconsin, at Camp Randall Stadium, jump around uh, at the start of the fourth quarter, it's going to be crazy. I mean, this is also one of the best traditions. I just sent into Sandman. Jump around at Camp Randall is one of the best traditions in college football. Fans weren't allowed to do it in the stadium last year. It's going to be rocking. Here's what I've seen from Penn State. I've seen all over the place, all expectations all over the place. I've seen that they're going to be really bad. I've seen that they could be a sleeper team to challenge Ohio State once again in the Big Ten. I, I don't, I think you and I are on the same page. I don't think you and I are too high on them, uh, but I, I'm pretty sure we both love this Badgers team. I think this is a close game just because it's week one. Uh, Wisconsin, they got hit by COVID really, really hard last year. Yep. And Graham, Graham Mertz, uh, I mean, I think he had COVID, but he may have had an injury last year as well. I, I just think they're really itching out there to play. Um, something that I am, I am, I do have a bet in this game. I'm taking under 49 and a half. That's what I have it on FanDuel. I, I think right out of the gate, well, first of all, let me say this. Wisconsin's defense this year, the way that they're uh, getting some expectations, it's supposed to be the best defense they've had in a, in a little while there. Um I think it plays. I, I think Big Ten, it's, it's smash mouth football. Uh, both teams – well, actually, Penn State has a new style offense. I believe they're going to turn to the offense this year. Uh, but Wisconsin, they like to run the football. They like the possession game. They have a strong defense. I like under 49 now. Yeah, Ben, I think that's a really solid play on your part right there. I see 50s as well. So, regardless, I think it's good at any of those numbers. Look, Big Ten unders are always a great way to play. Um, ben said a lot of the b- big things in this game. comes down to if you actually buy in the Penn State hype. Same thing with Wisconsin. I mean, you, one could argue they looked good for one game against Illinois and then COVID hit. So, it's really tough to tell how good this team actually is. I probably won't bet this one, but look. I think Wisconsin minus five and a half the plays is the play here. The Badgers are 10 and two outright and eight, three and one in bowl games slash season openers under uh, what's their coach's name. His name is Paul Christ. Is that his name? Right. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Under Paul Christ. Um, 
I think Sean Clifford's a little bit of a turnover machine. I think, like you said, this could be a very hostile environment going in there. I think also, too, Wisconsin's supposed to try to get back to that ground and pound they used before with Mertz's arm. He's a five-star recruited quarterback, probably the best quarterback recruit they've ever had. I think it should be a Wisconsin victory here. Five and a half definitely does seem a little off. If it was still at three and a half, I would probably go ahead and play that one at Wisconsin. Five and a half makes me think about it a little bit more. We'll see if I end up getting down on this one. Probably won't watch this one for fun. It'll be a good matchup. Um, they Wisconsin, um, they have a stud running back. Um, give me like a minute here. I'll think of his name. Uh, what's his name? He's, he's, I mean, Wisconsin, first of all, you just look at the list of running backs that they've had. They're great. Um, oh, Chez. Uh, Chez Malusi, I think his name is, something yep. like that. He's supposed to be stud. He's, uh, I believe he's a junior now. Uh, knows this offense really well. Him and Mertz can really take this Wisconsin team far. Um, I think you and I both have them making the Big Ten yep. championship game, playing against Ohio State. So expectations are high in uh, Wisconsin. Yeah, absolutely, Ben. I uh, I like that one. Is I agree with you on that one. I like that uh, take as well. We'll see what ends up happening on this one. Probably won't touch that one. Another game as well that I don't think I'm going to touch um, is Indiana at Iowa. The spread currently Iowa three and a half point favorites at home. Over under set at forty six. Um, this one was at six. It was at plus six, and it came all the way down. Money coming in on Indiana. Look. Indiana's a way better team with Michael Penix Jr. playing quarterback for them. I touched on this big time on our uh, season preview podcast. Indiana definitely, though, overachieved a little bit last year, having one of the best seasons in program history. Look, Kirk Ferentz and Iowa have an absolutely stacked team. This is another very tough place to play. We've seen Ohio State suffer their one loss of the season. We've seen all kinds of Big Ten teams, even out-of-conference teams, go up here and struggle. We've seen Iowa State never get a victory. Um Iowa could be a little underrated. Obviously, they're ranked very highly this season. But, I mean, still, though, they could actually be the second-best team in the Big Ten. I don't know if they are or not. Indiana, at the same time, I think this is a little more of a down year for the Hoosiers. I'm probably not going to touch this one. I probably would take Iowa, though, if I did with the point with the points and lay the three-and-a-half here at home. Iowa always has a strong defense. They love to run the football. It'd probably be a low-scoring battle because, I mean, Indiana, they have some they have some great offensive weapons as well. They also have a good defense. So, ultimately, this is one I'm not going to touch, but it's going to be one hell of a matchup. Ben, what about you? Uh, I don't have a bet on this game. This is probably the best sleeper game of, of, the, uh, of week one, to be honest with you. It's a game that not mm-hmm. a lot of people are talking about just because there's a lot of big matchups around the country. Um, but again, props to the Big Ten for starting off a game like this. Michael Penix Jr., you mentioned him. Uh, he was a dark horse candidate, Heisman candidate last year before his injury. Really carried this uh, this Indiana offense. I mentioned him in our preview. I'm going to say it every time we talk about Indiana football. They have one of the best yep. wide receivers in the country in uh, Fry Fogel. Yep. I believe he's staying with the number three. He was three last year. He's unbelievable. He catches everything. He's a tremendous route runner. He's got speed. He just, he does it all. You know, with Indiana last year, they had a lot of success because they were able to force turnovers. Their defense was great last year. Um, I really like their coach. It's, it's one of those that I talked about on our NFL podcast. They have an identity. They know exactly how to play to that identity and they stick to it no matter what. Their coach is energetic. I think he really gets the players amped up for games. They're going to be ready to go for this game. The reason why I'm not going to bet on this game, because I would be leaning Indiana, 
it's it's Michael Penix Jr. first game back from uh, I believe torn ACL what he had last year. I want to see him mm-hmm. get his legs underneath him a little bit. So I, I'm not confident enough um, to say this is going to be a low scoring, high scoring. So I'm not touching the total either. But it is a game that I'm very much looking forward to watch, and uh, I'll be rooting for Indiana. Yeah, I'm looking forward to watch too. I'll be rooting for Indiana. I couldn't say for I, I do, want, I do want to say this real yeah. quick. Iowa has one of the tougher schedules to open up the year. Their first two games are home against Indiana, and then they play Iowa State. And yep. I mean, listen, they go two and zero in that. Go back to your point. They actually might be the second best team. Oh, yeah, for sure. We'll see what they're made of early on. So we'll know what this team's all about early on. Also, too, I knew Fry Fogel was your boy, Ben, so I didn't want to steal his mention, mention his name for him. Ben was huge on him in our preview for those of y'all who didn't listen. Um, and and Iowa, you know, you mentioned Kirk Ferentz. Listen, he's a good coach. He's Iowa's the program that they are they're perfectly satisfied with a nine-win season, eight-win season, like eight to ten wins. Mm-hmm. It seems like he does it every year. He's a very consistent coach. He runs a great program in Iowa. They put a, a good amount of uh, players in the NFL just in recent years. They're a good program. This should be a good. This should be a good game. Yeah, absolutely. This will be a hell of a game to watch. This one's on three thirty at Big Ten Network. Penn State Wisconsin was on is on at uh, twelve on Fox, I believe. Um, next game up is one that I will be betting, and I'm sure Ben will too. Ben's actually going to this game. This is Alabama traveling all the way to my backyard, as Ben has as well, to play the Miami Hurricanes in Atlanta in the Mercedes-Benz Dome. This game kicks off at 3.30 on ABC. Spread is Miami plus 19 points. Over, under, set at 61. I'll start us off on this one because I know Ben's got a lot he wants to say about this game. Look. Alabama should be able to keep Derek King in the pocket. Derek King is not too far removed from that injury. This is the Miami offense. Miami doesn't have the weapons down the field to make the plays they need to get the ball down the field, I think. Miami's going to need to play a slow, grinded-out kind of game in the trenches, and quite frankly, they're not ready to do that. This Alabama defensive unit is the best unit this team has, as me and Ben said. When we used to think of Alabama, it was his defense. Then they transitioned to the offense. Now it's back to the defense. Look, they have a new defensive coordinator, and they have a new offensive coordinator with Bill O'Brien. I could see the offense struggling a little bit, but at the same time, Miami got absolutely ran all over last year by every single team in the ACC. Alabama's offensive line is bigger than any offense they're going to see, offensive line they're going to see. They're going to run the ball all over this team. Look, I, I, I don't want to lay the points here with Alabama just because it's their first game with a new offensive coordinator versus defense. And it just feels, honestly, this just feels too easy, you know, Ben. It really just feels too easy. Therefore, I'm going to rely on what I know I can rely on, which is defenses in a slow Miami offense and running the ball. I'm taking under 61 as my first official bet of this podcast. Yeah, I I like that pick as well, man. Um, I, I think people kind of see the the high-profile offense that Miami was able to have last year and what Bama was have, but I, I do think it's two different offenses. Um, you mentioned on our preview, Miami brought in a new receiver, Charleston Rambo from Oklahoma, right? Mm-hmm. I believe he's going to be their number one target. He's a big physical receiver. Uh, we'll see what he can do against Alabama. This this defense, it uh, it, it's going to be something special. Um, I, you know, I've heard from a lot of people that this defense reminds a lot of people of the Bama defense back in 2016. Well, that defense had every single starter get drafted to the NFL, obviously in different years because people are eligible in different years. And they even had people who were backups and some that were yeah. third strings on that team that ended up getting drafted. So this team is just flat out ridiculous on the defensive end. 
Um, I, I think the defensive line should be able to get some pressure, specifically Will Anderson Jr., number 31, one of the best edge rushers in the country as a true freshman last year. I believe he led the SEC in sacks. And here's a wild stat. In games where Nick Saban has had a whole offseason to prepare for a season-opening opponent, which means his first game of the season since he's been at Alabama, his Alabama teams are outscoring his oppositions 477 to 138. Sheesh. It ain't even close. And if you really want to go back to Saban's track record against the ACC, if you exclude Clemson from that, Alabama has dominated the ACC. They've even kind of ended some programs, not to mention your Florida State Seminoles. <laughs> I was they never really go there. <laughs> they never recovered from there. But, um, you know, we'll see. I think this is going to be really interesting because I think this is a game that if Bama wins big, even if they cover the spread, if they don't, if they just if they look dominant, I really do think people are going to overreact about Miami saying, oh, they're trash this. That's not acceptable to me. Do not sleep on this Miami team regardless of this result. This Miami team is talented, and we'll see. I mean, I, I wasn't the biggest fan of what Manny Diaz think, but he had a good year last year. King Cack, he's a really good quarterback. I want to see how healthy he is. The ACC is not a great conference in terms of top to bottom. They're yeah. building. They have some a lot of programs on the rise. Miami, I, I think a lot of people probably have them as the third best team behind uh, Clemson and UNC. You might be able to sneak NC State up in there. I'm not sure. Wolf but back. this Miami team is going to be good. I, I think people are going to overreact. And uh, just to quote Paul Feinbaum, not that he's always right, but he he said uh, Miami's got no chance to win this game. <laughs> yeah, I agree with everything you said, Ben. And uh, honestly, I think we said that on the preview podcast. We're like, yeah, Alabama's going to play Miami first game of the season, and people are going to – it's just going to show you how big the gap is. Miami's a solid program. They're usually one of the 15 best, just as Alabama's way better than they are. Anyway, um, next game up here on the slate. I'm not sure. I think this game is on Saturday night at the same time as the best game of the entire weekend, which we will get to next. There we go. I set it up for you guys. LSU goes on the road. They fly in all the way out to the West Coast to face the UCLA Bruins. UCLA is plus three over under at um, 65. Look, this was plus four yesterday. It came down. Professional money's all over UCLA, as am I. This is my other bet I got for y'all right here, the big games to watch. LSU's defensive tackle, um, don't know his first name. His last name is Glenn. He's their starter. He's the big man in the middle. He stuffs the run. He's out. LSU's already terrible against the run. Chip Kelly is going to be able to run the ball all over them. That's what this UCLA team wants to do. DTR, their quarterback, he's back. This UCLA team looked good last week, barring it was Hawaii. So take that with a grain of salt. But look, I think UCLA wins this game outright. I've still – look, LSU caught lightning in the bottle when that they had their offensive coordinator as Joe Brady. Joe Brady ain't there anymore calling plays. That's really the one time anybody ever saw the UCLA offense. I think it's a tough spot for them. They're also practicing in Texas because of the storms and uh, the hurricanes. So this is just a tough situation for UCLA to have to travel all the way out and play a game. Weird LSU, situation for the – Yeah, L LSU to travel out and play a game right here. I think UCLA covers – yeah, so, I mean, UCLA's already got the game under their belt. Um, you know, want to know, it doesn't matter who it was against. They won the game. They played really well in it. They, you know, the nerves are out. I still think it's going to be nervous. Did you happen to see their home crowd for that game? Yeah, there's nobody there. It, that's one of the most embarrassing things I've ever seen. They play in the most famous stadium in college football, the Rose Bowl. 
it's Los Angeles, so the weather is great. It that's embarrassing. Um, I, I'm expecting this to be a sellout. If they can't sell out this game, you might as well just disband the program because fans just don't care. Wait, you know, I will say, the- I will say this though in regards to that. I'm pretty sure on the West Coast they are not back in school. They weren't back in school yet last week. I don't think they go back actually till after this weekend. So there probably will be more students back for this weekend. Okay. I mean, still, I mean, you did, you weren't able to go to games last year. It's your first mm-hmm. game. You'd think people would show out. But yeah. if that's the case, then maybe students were coming back from vacation. In a game like this, um, I'm not really confident. I don't have a bet on this game. But in a game like this, I really just think the better team prevails. To me, that's still LSU. Uh, their secondary, I really think, can can give DTR fits. So I think the key for UCLA is they got to keep it on the ground, ground and pound in this game. Um, you know, it's I, I want to see what we get out of the LSU offense. Max Johnson, he's got the keys to the castle now. He he played last year. I want to say he had four starts last year, yep. something around there. He looked he looked pretty good. Um, but it's a new season. I think he know he knows he's the starter now. It's his job to lose. Um, for you know, first game, you got to get your feet under you. So, I wouldn't be shocked if 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 there's a slow start to this game, a low scoring first quarter. But I, I don't have a bet on this game. I, I still expect LSU to win this game, though. And I know that there's a lot of people in UCLA. I I think people are just a little down on LSU this year. I. I think they're going to be out to prove some people wrong, to be honest Same. with you. No, I agree with you completely on that one, Ben. I think I think they'll have a solid season. I just think this is a tough spot for them to get things started. Um, next game up on the slate here is the biggest game of the weekend. We have the Georgia Bulldogs on – or I guess kind of on the road, but at the same time they're not. They're playing at a neutral site in Charlotte, North Carolina, versus the Clemson Tigers. Clemson is a three-point favorite over under at 50-and-a-half. Ben, what are you thinking on this one? I mean, it's the best matchup of, of uh, week one. It's the best game of college football season until another game, you know, kind of tops it. Georgia is uh, – they're missing some big names in their receiving game. So, I think in the preseason, if you were to list out their top three wide receiver targets, it would have been George Pickens, Darnell Washington, and Art Gilbert. Well, all three of those guys are out. George Pickens tore his ACL. Art Gilbert uh, is having some personal issues. He's not traveling with the team. And Darnell Washington, I believe, is injured with an ankle injury. So here's the thing. I think if Georgia loses this game, I think the people who know a lot of Georgia fans, I think you're going to hear a lot of the excuse of, well, we didn't have this, this, and this. The counterpoint that I would make is if you continuously brag about your recruiting, then you can't complain about lack of depth. And they don't have the lack of depth. So don't let any Georgia fan tell you that they don't have enough receivers because they have plenty of receivers left. They have JT Daniels, who is a Heisman candidate, should be a Heisman candidate. I'm putting him in the in the category I put Sam Howell in. He's a top four quarterback that throws the deep ball in college football. Georgia hasn't had that in a in a decent amount of years. You know, Eason could really throw the deep ball, but Eason only played for one season. From could throw a deep ball, but his arm strength isn't his best quality. And then Stetson Bennett couldn't throw the ball more than 25 yards. So I think this game really does have massive implications on the playoff. I think if Clemson loses and runs the table, I still think there's a chance that they don't get in to the playoff due to the lack of quality of the schedule in the ACC. They don't play Miami. They don't play UNC in the regular season. I think that hurts them if they lose this game to Georgia. If Georgia loses, 
that means they have to run the table and win the SEC, which is absolutely doable in my opinion. The key matchup, you know how I love to give key matchups. Let's hear the exper- it. The experienced defensive line for Georgia to put some pressure on uh, on Clemson, specifically in the middle. Jordan Davis is a massive defensive tackle. He's probably already ready to play in the NFL. On the other side of it, Clemson's got a dynamic defensive line. So the big boys up front, they got to give some. They got to give JT Daniels time because I think whichever quarterback is not running for his life and can get the ball out to their playmakers definitely has an advantage in this game. Yeah, Ben, I think you hit the nail on the head in this matchup. I'm going to be honest with you, though. I think both teams should still – either team that loses this game, I think they can still, as long as they go undefeated in conference play and win the conference championship, I think they will get into the final four. I don't think you can really hold this one against either team, you know. And plus, I wouldn't want the committee to because I want to see more matchups like this. You know, you don't want to see a one-loss yeah. Clemson not get in because of this because that will deter all these teams. Like, shit, then next year Clemson's just going to be like, hey, let's play Western Michigan. Let's play an Illinois and a Louisiana directional school to go on top of it, you know. Like, <laughs> they're not going to get – like, yeah, I feel like it just hurts everything if you do something like that. So, you still got to let them in if they lose this game. Um, uh, look, this one's tough, man. This one's really tough. UGAs, their offensive line, I think, can deal with the stack. Clemson defensive front, been hit the nail on the head. They're missing those offensive playmakers. Um I'm buying in on UGA's defense, though. I think this is a unit that's absolutely stacked. They add that safety from West Virginia just to make them even better. Who's an absolute beast. I think he might he was one of the best defensive players in the conference last year. I think he was first-team all-conference defense. Um, yeah, you, these UGA missing these wide receivers, I think if they weren't missing them, I think it'd be a no-brander play on UGA. That definitely scares me a little bit. They won't have the explosiveness. I like the under. At the same time, I don't want to play a bunch of unders because y'all here because my next two bets are unders that I have to give y'all. <laughs> I haven't committed to it yet, but for me, it's UGA money line or UGA plus three or pass. I just feel like UGA's got to win a big game eventually here. This would be their chance. Dabo seems to always get the troops ready for big games like this. I just feel like this UGA team's special. I've been on the JT Daniels hype train. I think he's one of the best quarterbacks in college football. I think he's a little underrated, if anything. I think he can come out here, have a huge game, regardless of what he has. They need to get Zamir White and their other running backs going on the ground. Um, Georgia, they have all the talent there. It's time for Kirby to do something with it. I think this is their time, put up or shut up. Last year was the COVID year. I'll give them a pass on that. And they got dealt a bad hand with, with Jamie Newman walking away. It's the dog's year. The only thing I want to add is historically, Brent Venables, who's the Clemson defensive coordinator, mm-hmm. is very he, his schemes are very tough to run on. And I, I really believe that Georgia can run on anyone in the country. But if they're struggling to run the football and it's going to be all in JT Daniels, it's going to be hard to win this game. I, I do. They got it. I think if Georgia has balance in all of their games this season, I really think they could run the table. Yeah, we'll also say this though. It's like last year, for example, Ohio State ran all over that Clemson, and that was really the only team they saw that was close to Georgia. So that is good news for the dogs. Um, next game up here. This is my team, baby. Notre Dame goes on the road on Monday on Sunday night on ABC at 7:30. They go to Tallahassee, Florida to take on my Florida State Seminoles. My Noles are dogs plus seven and a half. Over under set at 55 and a half. Ben, tell me something I want to hear. So I don't have a play on this game. I don't have a play on the Georgia Clemson one. I'm, I'm gonna watch as a as a fan of college football. So um, you know, with Florida State, I, I'm gonna let you kind of take the spotlight on this. Um, But the the only thing I will say is one insanely hard place to play. Dope Campbell is not easy to play, especially with fans not being there last year. 
Another thing is they're starting the game with a remembrance and a, uh, I'm sure there's going to be a video, a moment of silence for, I would assume is the greatest coach. Yeah. I mean, he's the greatest yeah. coach in Florida state history. One of the greatest coaches in college football history. I really think even though a lot of these players, you know, they're young, the freshmen, they might not know much about Bobby Bowden without, you know, until they came to Florida state, I would assume Florida state educates their players on the history of the school. I think this means a lot to them. I, I really do. I think the crowd, I think it's going to be insanely loud. I, I just think it's going to be really loud. Um, I'm expecting to be able to hear Steven Drellinger all the way from my TV. I don't have a plan on this game. I wouldn't be shocked if Florida State keeps this close because I think this game means absolutely everything to their fan base and to that university for Bobby Bowden. I agree with you on all of that, Ben. At the same time, though, I just don't know if we're ready yet. I think it might be a year too soon. Um, FSU, we're going with Jordan Travis to play quarterback. He likes to run the ball. He's not a very good passer. McKenzie Milton's probably still a little banged up. So that has an effect on the game. Um, Look, this FSU team, they got pretty much everybody through the transfer portal on this team. It's going to take time to get congruity and everything. Be honest with you guys, I want to think we can cover the spread here. I really don't think we can, even though we're going to be playing for Bowden. But at the same time, I have, I'm not betting against Florida State. And honestly, like Ben said, there's a very high chance we come out there hyped up for Bobby Bowden and keep this thing closer than it should be. Also, Notre Dame has won 19 straight games. There's ACC opponents winning uh, bidding by uh, 19 of those 15 by double digits, which goes well for them. They do have Kyron Williams, one of the best running backs, if not the best running back in the nation. They have four new starters on their offensive line, which are all five stars. So there could take a little while for them to get continuity. Also, let's be honest, Jack Cohn sucks. He was terrible when he was at Wisconsin. <laughs> he's t- still is terrible. I don't believe for a second that he's gotten any better. I've seen these transfer quarterbacks like, Ooh, Chase Bryce, Chase Bryce looks like he doesn't even belong in college football after he left Clemson shit. I'm, you know, I'm not buying this Jack Cohn's going to be better at Notre Dame at all. They have two weapons coming back on an offensive wide receiver and, um, who sat out last year due to COVID. They have that tight end back. I'm not buying Jack Cohn at all. He sucks. Give me a break. I'm going with the under here. I think it's going to be a defensive struggle, ground and pound both teams. Um, Florida State hopefully will show up to play for Bowden, and I think that ultimately it's going to be a defensive-type game with a lot of running. So so I know Notre Dame, you brought up the consecutive win streak against ACC. They beat Clemson in the regular season last year, but they did lose to them later on in the year. I don't know. That was technically no, they wasn't a regular. No, they didn't play Clemson again last year. They only played them once. They don't play in the ACC championship. Clemson beat um, I f- yeah, I right even, before. I don't even remember who Clemson played in the ACC championship last year. It might have been North Carolina. No, they didn't play each other again though, last year. I I could have sworn Notre Dame. I don't know. I don't know why I thought they played each other last year twice. Yeah, no, they only played one time. That was the they let. But remember though, DJ Ugalele played that game, not Trevor Lawrence as well. Okay, so I guess the streak is is there. No, 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 no. You are right. You are right. They did play each other twice. What? Didn't what wasn't Notre Dame the four seed? Yeah, wait, they did play. Was Notre Dame the four seed? No, Clemson lost to Ohio State. I guess they how did they play each other twice? Did they let Notre Dame in the ACC championship I, last year? I think they I thought they did play in the ACC championship. Yeah, they did. You're right. They beat them 34 to 10. But I get that's, that's regular yeah. season play, though. Yeah, they did okay. let them in the championship. How could I forget that? I mean, geez. I was, I, I, I was I I thought the stat was regular season. I just wanted to make sure. Yeah, now I know why that I forgot that game because the 
the ACC championship game sucks. So I just kind of blocked it out of my memory. Plus, I remember it was on at the same. It was on like that Saturday where there was like 80 college basketball games on and all kinds. I remember I was watching the uh, I think it was like Iowa versus uh, Gonzaga game instead. So anyway, um, last game on the slate. It's on Monday night. Ole Miss plays in my backyard against Louisville. Louisville is a 10 and a half point um, dog in this game. Over under set at 75 and a half. I'll start on this one. I actually do have a play on this one. I'm a little hesitant to lay the points with Ole Miss. Ole Miss's defense probably can't be worse than it was last year, but quite frankly, it was terrible. They couldn't stop anybody last year. Louisville is going to want to run the football. Their quarterback and elite Cunningham's back. Look, I think Scott Satterfield's one of the best coaches in college football. I think he slept on it. At the same time, they were absolutely miserable last year, but it was COVID, so I like to throw a lot of that out the door. Scott Satterfield said he wanted to leave, ended up staying, so there was all that floating around as well. Ultimately, I think Ole Miss is going to struggle a little bit on offense to start this game off. They lost their two best wide receivers to the NFL, which definitely changes things. Um, these defenses are not great, but at the same time, these teams, I don't think their offense is going to be congruent at the beginning of the game. 75 and a half is a hell of a lot of points. I'm going to take the under. So I'm, I'm on the opposite side just a little bit. Not the total opposite side. I, I'm laying 10 and a half with Ole Miss. It, don't you want to it. talk about it? Talk about a high-powered offense. That's exactly what the definition of this Rebels football team is. I really think they're going to be able to throw all over this Louisville team. You know, this I think Ole Miss is going to score in the high 30s, if not the 40s of this game. The reason why I think that is because Kiffin never takes his foot off the gas. He will score any, any opportunity he has to score a point, he's going to score it. He's the type of coach. You know why I love him? because he's not afraid to run up the score. And that's, listen, if I'm a coach, you play these teams once a year, for the most part, you can see a team twice, obviously. You don't want someone to score that many points on you, then stop them. If I'm a coach and I have the ability to score, if, if, if I have 50 points and there's three minutes left in the fourth quarter and I'm up by 20, I'm still scoring. I don't care. I don't care. Make them regret it next year and come at me with the best punch. I don't care. I think Lane Kiffin thinks like that. His offensive philosophy is literally my favorite. I'm in love with Lane Kiffin. I <laughs> secretly root for him to fail as a head coach because I would love for him to come back as an offensive coordinator <laughs> to Alabama. But I know that that's not happening. Um, I'm going to bring this back up once again. I've already mentioned it with Sam Howell and JT Daniels. The number one quarterback in terms of deep ball accuracy was Matt Corral last year. He throws bombs all over the field. I know that he has new receivers doesn't scare me at all I think Ole Miss scores a lot of points yeah um look if this total was in the 60s I probably would be on the opposite side but I feel like that they're just it's about 75 and a half you know I feel like they're kind of taking that into account here but hey I mean I don't hate it at all I think Ole Miss could blow the doors off them trust me I'm not very high on this Louisville team um all right Ben before we get out of here I know we got some bets on some games that we didn't discuss here. I'm going to go ahead and give y'all one of mine real quick. Ben will give y'all one. I'll give y'all one more. Ben might even give y'all another one as well. First one I'm on for sure. Holy Cross Crusaders at the Connecticut Huskies. Look, the line's two and a half. UConn is horrible. They had 109 yards last week. They're an independent now. They were 2-10 and ten the last year they played football. They didn't even play football last year. They're actually the first program to cancel football because they're that bad. They didn't even want to play. This team sucks. Me and Ben could play on there, out there for them and probably still do just as good as what their players are doing now. Um, Holy Cross, I have an inside source from a friend of mine who played in that program, says they're pretty good. They are ranked, I believe, 30th right now in the FCS. 
Holy Cross should blow the doors off of UConn. Give me the two and a half points with the Crusaders. <laughs> I love that. So I'm actually going to a smaller, not that small of a matchup of a game, but a lot smaller of a matchup. I don't even think the number um, – I'm looking on FanDuel to make sure. I don't think it was out when I was looking this morning. Mm-hmm. I don't really care what the number is to be on. Oh, here it is. Let me check. Uh, it's up right now, so just give me two seconds. Actually, yeah. Okay, so I'm taking Wake Forest first half minus 18 and a half against Old Dominion. Old Dominion, I believe their win total this year is like two games, if not one. I think it's two and a half, actually. Expected to be one of the worst teams in football. Wake Forest, yeah, they could score. I really liked their offense this year. I don't think they're going to do much in the ACC, but they can score some points. They have a lot of returning starters. 18 and a half first half for Wake Forest. I don't play these small time games often, but that's my pick. It's uh, uh, Wake Forest minus 18 and a half for the first half against Old Dominion. Yeah, Sam Hartman's a solid quarterback. By the way, UConn's win total is two, so that should tell you a little bit more as well. I should probably should have mentioned that. Um, last game I got that I'm going to give you all right now is another just pure degenerate game. This is South Carolina versus Eastern Illinois. The total is currently set at 58 and a half. South Carolina's starting quarterback is not playing this week. They're playing a guy who tra- who is the quarterback's coach. He's the quarterback's coach. He's not even under scholarship playing quarterback for them. A friend of mine actually grew up with him and told me that he sucks. I'm not going to reveal who, who the friend of mine is because I don't want to throw him under the bus. But this quarterback's supposed to suck. Look. 58 and a half points. Also, too, I forgot to mention this. Eastern Illinois is trash. They're projected to finish last in their FCS division. So I wouldn't be shocked if they don't even score a point here. I don't even think South Carolina can put up more than 41. I was tempted to lay the 43 with Eastern Illinois. Also, that's kind of a little principle thing for me as well. When you have a total and a spread that are almost identical to each other like that, you got to take the under, man. I'm on the under here. I mean, if South Carolina's defense gives up more than 14 points, they should all be running laps till they throw up and can't walk anymore. <laughs> that's hilarious. So I believe uh, the quarterback for South Carolina, the one that's playing, was Trey Lance's backup at North Dakota State. I, I think that's where he came from. Um, but can I give out your – your max bet or do you want to keep that under wraps well i would give it out but the thing is the game's tonight and this podcast won't be out till tomorrow morning but yeah okay, you can go fair. ahead but yeah i'm all no, over the nca the nc state wolf pack if you want to talk about it at all no that's fine because since it's coming out tonight i'm just gonna go back to one that i already talked about is Ole miss Ole miss minus 10 and a half i really like Ole miss uh, i think the offense is just gonna score a lot of points um i you know it's not like my favorite i think my my favorite bets that i've that i've taken uh, there are two of them are tonight. So I'm on Ohio State first half minus seven, and I'm on Ohio State minus 13 and a half. That number has changed now. It might be 14 now. I got it at 13 and a half a couple days ago. I'm also at NC State minus 18 from you. Um, Ole Miss minus 10 and a half. The Penn State, Wisconsin under 49 and a half. Wake Forest first half minus 18 and a half, I think it was. I sprinkled a little bit on uh, – you and I talked about it off there. I sprinkled the, just like a half a unit on Louisiana Lafayette plus eight and a half against Texas. I, I, I really think Texas has one of the best running backs in the country in Bijan Robinson. But there's a new quarterback. There was a competition all the way to the end of – I believe Sarkeesian just announced his starting quarterback a couple of days ago. 
I don't think there's a ton of confidence in what he can do. I think it's mm-hmm. kind of a let's see what you can do for us. Louisiana Lafayette, Billy Napier is a fantastic coach. Nine and one last year, and they beat uh, Iowa State. Yeah, and so I, I, I listen. Don't be shocked if Texas struggles. Yeah, no, I I like that one honestly, Ben. I probably won't touch that one. That's not a bad bet either. Yeah, I'm still considering some other bets, guys. Trust me, I'm gonna have some more out on Twitter. Those are just the ones that I'm for sure playing right there. Um, yeah, I gotta gotta love the uh, look. I think I think week one's all about the biggest mismatches. Like I was telling Ben on earlier, I think there's some humongous mismatches. Like my play tonight, NC State. Like those other two ridiculous games I gave you guys bets on. But at the same time, if you're not betting some of these because you like to watch them, why are you even doing it? So. Anyway, Ben, anything else from you before we get up out of here? Roll Tide. Hey, let's go, Knowles. I'm hoping for a big upset, guys. Anyway, we appreciate everyone who tuned in, and we'll talk to you all again soon.